You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, welcome back. I'm glad that you tuned in today. I want to read Psalm 19. I've been reading the Psalms, and I'm trying to share those in the podcast episodes that I have available to me along the way. And so today's Psalm is about God speaking. It's about God's voice and God revealing Himself. This is one of the really cool things about God, is that while we cannot see God, He's really not all that hidden. In fact, He's gone to great lengths to make sure that we know so much about Him, about His heart, His character, His power. His story for us. And so Psalm 19 is this ancient Hebrew psalm from King David where he wrote about the things he knew that God had already shown him. And keep in mind, David wrote this a thousand years before Jesus, before the apostles and the New Testament. Today, God has revealed so much more. But let's start by reading Psalm 19 together. The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is found from them. Yet their voice goes out to the ends of the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun, It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Very simple psalm and a very beautiful psalm. This psalm breaks into about three big sections. The first one is about creation. The second one about the law of God. And then the third one is David's reflections about how he wants to follow the Lord well. So you have... Uh, the main part of the, of the psalm is about the law of God. But when Psalm 19 is read, most often we're referring to the first verses where it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. I cannot count the number of times that I heard my dad say that. My dad loved the nighttime sky. He loved the stars and the planets. He loved it when we had comets to explore or when he had the opportunity to teach something about the solar system. In fact, my dad just really loves creation and the environment and science and the world around us. Well, that said, this was a psalm that I heard a lot growing up. 
And I love it now. It, it's fundamentally true that all of us who follow the Lord, one of our first encounters with God is His creation. That we get to learn an awful lot about God just by His generous provision, by rain, by the sun, by the beauty of a sunset, by the remarkable depth of a nighttime sky. Now, in Psalm 19, it's true that David presents some elements of creation in language that is archaic. It's not scientific at all. He talks about the sun coming out like a bridegroom, as if God has pitched it a tent and it runs out from the sky every morning across the sky. Well, we know that's not how things work. And I bet David never expected that there was really a tent for the sun. But David, writing a beautiful psalm, said something that was very true. And that is that from the warmth of the sun, God has given us his kindness. You think about this, that David says that these elements of creation, especially the, the stars in the sky, that as they proclaim God's goodness, they don't have words to speak and no clear syllables, but their their voice is heard all around the world. This is, I guess, called natural re- revelation, the, the basic and most fundamental expression that there is a God, that somebody would ever look up and say, how did we get here? Where did we come from? Somebody must have designed this. This is too creative, too complex, too beautiful for it just to have happened. So David is exactly right that God's voice has gone out. With great clarity? Well, no, not so much. You don't learn enough to know that Jesus died to save us, that God loves us, that we don't learn enough to know about God's grace and truth. That's where the larger part of the psalm comes into play. From there, David picks up a praise, not of the voice of God through the heavens and natural revelation, but more specifically, the voice of God through the law of God, through what David and his Jewish friends knew a thousand years before Jesus, which was the law of Moses and the story of God, the first five books of the Bible and the things that were happening up through the judges. David knew that the law of God revealed more clarity about who God is and what he expects from us. And you think about this, this is remarkable because we didn't have the New Testament when David was writing. In fact, we didn't have so many of the prophets and so much of the Old Testament. But David still believed that you could look at the law of Moses and learn so much about God's character with greater clarity. I love the way that David saw God's law. David saw it in a very, very positive way. And unfortunately, sometimes when people think about God's law, they see it in a negative way. And I know for us, you know, we we talk about the law, we just think about the rules. But for Jewish people, it was not just the rules. It was worship. It was how they gathered. It was who they were, how they defined themselves. From being the crowning creation of God's beautiful world in Genesis 1 to the call of Abraham in Genesis 12, all the way through the exodus with Moses and the wandering in the wilderness, the careful provision of God for his people. David could look at the law and see so many wonderful things about God. And when God taught David how to live according to the law. God was being generous, and David knew that. Listen to the kind of language he uses. He says the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. That's a good God that cares for his people, not a God that's trying to burden you or weigh you down with a bunch of excessive rules. He says the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Why do we see God's commands as harmful when they actually spare us hardship, when they teach us how to be human and to love each other and to live in peace with our neighbor and to live in peace with God? I think David has this exactly 
right. David goes on to say, The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and every one of them is righteous. They are more precious than gold, sweeter than honey. So David wraps up this psalm by expressing with some more clarity why he's grateful for the commands and the precepts and the law and the decrees of God. This is what he says about them in verse 11. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. So David wants to accept a warning from God about how his steps could err, about how his heart could take on sin, about how he could be drawn away from the path that God has for him and the traps and the snares and the pitfalls that sin and worldliness can bring to his life. In fact, he says in verse 12, you know, who could discern their own errors? And so he looks up to God to say, forgive my hidden faults. Like David admits that he probably has violated God's law, even in some ways where he he didn't even notice. And he asked God's forgiveness. But then he also says in verse 13, keep me from willful sins. So David doesn't want to sin unintentionally. He wants to know God's law so he doesn't accidentally sin. But he also wants to know God's law so that God will keep him from sinning on purpose. These two categories of sin are common to all of us. Sometimes we sin accidentally, but oftentimes we sin intentionally. And David recognizes that a proper understanding of the guardrails and boundaries and truth that God gives us in his law will guard us. In fact, he says this, keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over me. And he ends the psalm after asking God to make sure that sin doesn't rule over him, that he knows God's loss, that he can walk with peace with God. This is what he says. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is what I want. I want the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart to be pleasing to God. And according to David, how will we get there? Well, it will begin by you and I tuning in to the things that God has clearly revealed, the things that God's taught us, the things that God has gone to so much trouble to give us in Scripture, in creation, His own character, His love, His gospel, His story. And so if we pause for a minute and think about how much God has shown us about himself, I think we really should be blown away with how much we actually know. And the real question now is, what do we do with what God's shown us? Do we allow it to guard our hearts and our steps? Or do we place ourselves as critics or judges over it, discerning for ourselves what we'll obey and what we'll not obey, what we'll decide is good and what we'll decide is not good or burdensome or outdated. Well, church family, I just want you to be amazed when you look up to the heavens and imagine the character, the goodness, and the creativity of God. But I want you to be informed as you look at the law of God. I want us to read the scripture and know who God is so that you and I can stand before God with pure hearts and pure hands. Church family, we worship a God who's gone to a great deal of trouble to reveal himself to us. Let's take advantage of what he's taught us. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. 